Good morning. All right, kids, where are you guys at this morning? Raise up your hands. All right. So I noticed that a lot of you are wearing uh, long sleeves. Not everybody. Not everybody. But a lot of you. What? Wearing long sleeves because it's getting colder, right? When it gets cold, uh, I feel like something's, that means something's coming, right? What, what's coming, not, not this month, not next month, but in December? What, is there a holiday of some kind? Christmas. Not, I mean, Christmas is coming. It's true. Do you guys, you guys like Christmas? Are you excited about Christmas? Yeah. All right, what's one thing that, you know, parents do on Christmas? What, what, like you wake up Christmas morning, there's Christmas tree, there's boxes that are wrapped under the tree. Like what's, what's in those boxes? Presents. Absolutely. So your mom and dad get you presents. Why do they get you presents? Because they love you. So you're telling me that even if like between now and then, maybe like you don't clean your room some or you, you give your mom or dad a little sass, like they're, they're still going to give you presents. You think? Who thinks your mom and dad will still give you presents? Even if you're not perfect between now and then, right? Uh, you should all be raising your hands, right? Yeah. Your mom and dad, exactly like Levi said, they give you presents because they love you, right? They, they care about you because you are their son or their daughter. They give you good things. It's not because you've earned it. Uh, and, and the reason why we're talking about this is because I'm going to read a story from the Bible in just, just a minute. It's a parable from Luke's gospel where Jesus tells us a story about these, these two sons. One son is only focused on the things that he can get from his dad. So he, he takes what his dad is going to give him, and then he, he runs away. He, he leaves and tries to do life on his own. The other son is just trying to, to earn things from his father. He's just trying to earn his father's love, and, and both of them kind of miss out on what, what the father has for them. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that, and, and what we see in this story is the good news that we have a father who, who loves us no matter what, whether we try to abuse his love or whether we try to earn his love. Like He, he loves us because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so kids, go home today, ask your parents what they learned about what it means that we are sons and daughters of God. Parents, uh, preach the good news to your kids uh, of who God is, of, of how great a father we have in him. So let's read this passage, uh, and then we'll get into it. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. If you don't have a Bible with you, it'll be on the slides behind me. Again, that's Luke 15, and we're going to read verses 11 through 32. And he said, that's, that's Jesus, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son." 
Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant and he said to him your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you love us. That you show compassion on your children that you run towards us even when we run away from you and that you, you pour out affection and care and love for us even when we try to earn what you freely give. We pray that today that you would, you would help us to, to see again, to, to remember again what, what kind of father we have in you by, by seeing this example, this parable that, that your son tells us in your word. Jesus, we pray that you would, you would stir our affections by your spirit for, for who you are and what you've done for us. Uh, that we would be reminded of the good news that we've been, been brought from death to life. That, that we've been found in you and, and brought into your family. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So the first thing that we need to do with this story, this parable, is to, to understand the, the context of, of what's happening. So Jesus tells a series of parables in Luke chapter 15, um, starting with uh, the parable of the lost sheep, and then there's the parable of the lost coin, and, and then this one. And he does that in response to the Pharisees. So in, in Luke 15, 1 and 2, it says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receive sinners and eats with them. So, so Jesus was, was gathering together these, the, the wrong kinds of people, according to the Pharisees. He was, he was preaching good news to tax collectors and sinners. And so the Pharisees were, were, were grumbling. They were upset about that. They, was, they were bothered by that. And so Jesus responds to their grumbling, to their, their complaining by giving them these parables, by showing them this is, this is who the Father is. This, is. this is how God loves his people. He doesn't just love the ones that are, you know, pretend to be good. He loves the the, the lost sheep, the, the lost coin, the, the son that runs away and the son that stays. And so that's, that's what's happening as Jesus is giving these parables. The second thing before we get into the passage that we need to talk about is, 
is the subheading. And so like in your Bible, if you're, if you're reading an ESV, at the beginning of this parable, you probably have a line that says, the parable of the prodigal son. And, and what you need to know about those little subheadings is that those are not inspired, right? Like that, that, that wasn't part of the inspired word of God. Like someone, you know, some, some joker with a PhD, like put that in there. And, and you know how those guys can be. And so the, the point is not that, that we can't trust them, not that they're, you know, we should, you know, erase them from our Bibles or, or cut them out. The point is that, that sometimes uh, they're not as helpful as they could be. And so in this case, right, if we, if we just read that line, the parable of the prodigal son, we might make the mistake of thinking this parable is only about one son. But if you, if you read uh, verse 11, it says, Jesus, Jesus says there's a man who had two sons, Right? And so if, if I was that joker with a PhD in charge of writing the subheading, it would say the parable of the, the two sons, not just the parable of the prodigal son. Because if, if we just focus on the prodigal son, we, we miss half the parable. They're, they're, this guy has two sons and they have two different responses to his love. And so, so we're going to focus on, on both of them because the parable stresses the, the father's love for the son that runs away and the son that stays. But the third thing that we need to remember is that as we go through this parable, even though it's the parable of the two sons, even though Jesus is telling us this story about these sons and their response to the father, the father's love for them is, is what the highlight is. Like that, that's what the good news is. And so we want to walk away understanding the love that the father has for his sons and not just like the, these are who these two guys were. And so the first thing we get in this parable is the younger son. And so what he does is he asks the father to give him the share of his property. Uh, he wants his, his inheritance early. And so last week we talked about the inheritance that we're going to have as sons and daughters of God. This son wants to get that early. Uh, as the younger son, he's entitled to, to one third of his father's property. And so he says, dad, give me what's coming to me. I, I want it now. I don't want to wait for you to die. I, I want to get it early. And the father's going to do it. And, and the reality is, is that this would have been very inconvenient for the father, right? It's not like the father has some like, you know, Scrooge McDuck pile of cash laying around that he can just go in and take one third of it and give it to the son. Like most of his wealth would have been tied up in either land or, or property like cattle. And so he either had to give the land to his son or, or he had to sell it or then the son sells it. And so like he, he's, he's terribly inconvenienced by this. Like it, it disrupts his life. It disrupts his business in order to give his son what he wants. But he, he does it and we find out that the, the son, once he gets his inheritance, he travels to a far country and he squanders everything he gets from his father in, in reckless living. His, his life is about immediate gratification. He doesn't really think about the future. He doesn't really think about what's coming next. And we find out from the parable that what comes next is, is a famine, right? So he's had all this money. He, he blew it. And then when he has need, he doesn't have anything to depend on. And so what he does when he, when he needs food is he becomes a hired worker. He goes out into fields. He's put to work feeding pigs. And uh, Jesus tells us that he longed to be fed with what the pigs were eating. So this is a, a Jewish son who, who's working with unclean animals, who wants to eat unclean food. He's, he's starving. He's, he's in, a, in a bad situation. He's at a, at a pretty, pretty low point for himself. And so look at what he says in verse 17. He says, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So he, he, he hatches a plan. He says, I'm going to go home. I'm going to give this speech. I'm going to tell my dad, I don't want to be his son anymore. I just want to be his servant because being one of his servants and getting treated like them is better than the situation I'm in now. So he, he does that. He, he journeys home. And Jesus says that when he was still a long way off, his father sees him and, and feels compassion for him. And compassion, it's, it's not just an emotion. It's not just a feeling. It's, it's a feeling that, that leaps out of us into action. And in this case, it causes the father to, to get up out of his seat on the porch and run towards his son to, to receive him. This is a, an undignified thing for this, this old wealthy landowner to do. But, but in that moment for this father, everything that had come before it doesn't matter anymore. He, he sees his son coming home. He feels compassion and he dismisses all of that. He, he puts it away and run towards his son. The son gets started on this, this speech, right? He had probably like rehearsed it over and over again on the journey home. Like he knows exactly what he's going to say, how he's going to say it, like where the pauses are going to be. And, and he, he begins, he says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And if we look back up at verses 18 and 19, we see that the son doesn't get to do the rest of his speech. He was going to say, treat me as one of your hired servants. But he doesn't get that out because the father interrupts him. The father stops him. He calls his servants. He says, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So the son comes home to, to renounce his sonship. To say, don't, don't treat me like one of your sons. Treat me like one of your servants. But in love, in, in compassion, the father graciously receives his wayward son. He treats him like a son, even though that's not what he deserves. The son rejects his father. He, he leaves in disgrace. He tries to come home in disgrace. But instead, he's welcomed and celebrated as a son. But the parable's not over yet. Because there's a second son. Look at verse 25. His older brother, he's, he's out in the field working. He comes, comes in from the field. He's been, been working all day. He's, he's tired. He comes in. He sees that there's, there's a party going on. So he, he's trying to figure out what's happening. He asks a servant, what's going on? And the servant says something he probably didn't expect. The servant tells him, your, your brother has, has come home. Your, your father has, has killed the fattened calf. He's thrown a party because he, he's received him back safe and sound. He thought he was dead, but he's alive. And you would think that this brother would be happy. You would think that he too would be joyful because his brother has come home, but, but he, he's angry. He, he doesn't go in. And the good news for the older brother is that just like the father sought out his younger son on his way home, the father goes out, to, leaves the party. He leaves the celebration to find his older son. He asks him to join the party and, and look at the son's response. He says, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. The older son is, is angry 
Because unlike his brother, he's been, he's been working and working and working. He's been, he's been trying to earn his father's love, and he's never been given anything from him. He, he didn't get a fattened calf. He hasn't even gotten a young goat. Right? He's been a son the, the whole time with his father, but he's been living like a servant. He's been trying to earn his father's affection and approval by, by what he does rather than who he is. And so the father reminds him of who he is. He says, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours, which is real because at this point, like this guy's entitled to two thirds of what the father has, one third's already gone. So, so everything that's left is his. The father reminds him, he's saying, you're, you're my son. The, the fattened calf is yours too, right? It's not just for the younger brother. The, the goats are his. Every, everything the father has is his. And it's not because he works the fields. It's not because he, he, you know, acts like a servant. It's because of who he is, because he is a son. But the father says that now is a time of celebration because his brother has come home. Right? He's dead. He was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but he's found. The, the father here in this parable loves his sons. Right? He, he loves the one who, who abuses and, and misuses his love. And he loves the one who, who tries to earn it. He loves them despite what they do because of who they are, right? They can't, they can't renounce their sonship. He won't let them. And the reality for us is that, that we have a better father, right? In Christ, this is how God loves us. As we've gone through this, this series, we've seen time and time again that, that God has made us sons and daughters, Right? Because of the grace he has for us, he sent Jesus into this world to, to bring us, to, to buy us, to redeem us out of our slavery to sin and to make us his sons and daughters. Right? Out of compassion for his children, he made the first move. Right? He came to us. He came down here to bring us back into his family. He made a way for us to be sons and daughters. And in this parable, we get the, the two main responses that we have as people to the reality of our adoption in Christ, right? We, we either try to, to abuse his love, we, we take it for granted, or we try to earn it. We think, I, I need to do more. I need, I need to be more. I need to work harder. If I can just do enough, then I'll finally measure up. And sometimes we do both of those things within the span of a few minutes, but the reality is, is that, that we're not his sons and daughters because of what we do or don't do. We're his sons and daughters because that's the identity he's given us. That's who he's made us to be. And his love is on us because of that. It's not, not something we can earn. And thankfully, it's not something we can renounce either. He's made us sons and daughters. And so as we, as we close out this series... I'd encourage you to spend some time like, you know, as you're, as you're preparing for the Lord's Supper this afternoon, this week, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, ask yourself, like, am I living like a son or daughter of God? Or am I living like a, like a prodigal who's, who's running away from his love? Or am I living like this older brother who's, who's trying to earn it? Right? Are we living as people who are accepted sons and daughters from, from a God who, who loves us? Spend some time like, re reminding yourself of, of the good news that we've seen throughout this series. The reality that we are God's sons and daughters. 
because of who he is and what he's done for us. And that's not something that, that we can abuse away or something that we can earn. And so spend some time, ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to help reveal to you kind of where, where you're at with that. Maybe, maybe talk to your spouse, maybe talk to your roommate, spend some time thinking about these things uh, so that you can live more like a son and less, less like a servant or less like a prodigal. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that because of Jesus, you don't treat us like we deserve. But that while we were your enemies, you sent Jesus to make us your children. And that when we, when we trust in him, we move from death to life. We move from lost to found. We move from, from slaves to sons and daughters. And so we pray that you would, you would help us to remember who we are. That you would use your word and use your spirit and use uh, our, our fellow brothers and sisters to remind us of the good news of adoption. That when we try to run away and abuse your love or when we try to earn it, that we would be reminded of the grace you've shown us in Jesus. We thank you that you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that you have compassion and that because of who you are, that you moved towards us. That you came here to bring us back. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.